Well, let's take our Bibles and we will turn to Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, the passage that we had in our scripture reading this morning. What we're going to see as we come to this section in Matthew uh, on the Sermon on the Mount is this, we need to observe the right way to serve God. You know, when we think of the word hypocrite, nobody wants to be considered a hypocrite, right? As a matter of fact, when we see hypocrisy, it kind of bugs us. We look at it and we say, that's just not right. You know, that, that, that's off-putting. Why in the world would somebody want to be a hypocrite? What Jesus talks about in this passage and going forward through a fair part of the Sermon on the Mount is the hypocrisy of the spiritual leadership of Israel, the Pharisees. He talks about how they focus on the external for people to see, but inside, as he will say later in the book of Matthew, they're full of dead men's bones and every unclean thing. See, it's easy to put on a facade, isn't it? It's easy to do things for the purpose of having other people recognize us and see the things that we're doing, and that can become a motivation for us that drives us into doing good things. Now, do the Pharisees or hypocrites or people who do it for the show, do they accomplish good things? Well, the answer to that is yes and no. Uh, yes, they are accomplishing some good things, but no, they're not doing it with the right reason. And that's what the Lord calls us to evaluate in ourselves as we come to this passage of Scripture as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ. So let's begin with the first verse, and notice the Word of God is calling us to consider this. Doing righteous things must have the right motives. And one of the improper motives that we can have in serving, in doing the right thing, is drawing attention to ourselves. If I am doing what I do so that people will look at me and say, oh, you're such a wonderful person, then I've done it for the wrong reason. And Jesus brings this out clearly in this passage of Scripture. Look at what He says. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Now, is it possible for us to do good things with bad motives? And I would submit to you, yes, and it happens all the time. All of us have this temptation to do things so that we'll be viewed by others, so that others will look at us and say, wow, there is a really important person, there's a really good person, look at what this person did. And they look at it and compliment us, or at least we know that they know and it makes us feel good, and if that's my purpose in doing it, I've missed the mark. I am not doing what God has called me to do, and Jesus is warning us about this temptation. You see, in Jesus' day, when the Pharisees were doing righteous acts, they would do it in such a pretentious way that everybody would notice what they're doing. And they were dramatic about it. The way they dressed, the way they carried themselves, everything that they did was for people to see. It wasn't about God. It was really about them. 
You see, what we need to remember is this. We were created in God's image to bring glory to God and not glory to ourselves. So if I'm really concerned about self-glory, if my motivation is, how's this going to make me appear in the eyes of other people, then I'm heading down the wrong path. Additionally, when you think about it, if I use other people to somehow enhance my own image, I'm not seeing people as those created in the image of God, but they are tools that are used to accomplish my purpose, not God's purpose. I'm manipulating them. I'm using them for me. It's not about them. It's really about me. And what God is saying is this. God sees right through that. Now, we look at the Pharisees, and if you've heard passages of Scripture from the Gospels, you probably already don't view Pharisees in the most favorable light. They were proud. They were oppressive. They were oppositional to the Lord Jesus Christ and His disciples. So most of us have this image of the Pharisees, and you know, it's awful easy for us to look at them and say, well, shame on those Pharisees. How could they be so proud and seek so much glory for themselves? But you know, when we say that, we have to take stock of ourselves. Why do I do what I do? Why do I love to tell people that I just did what I did? It's because we want to be elevated, to be lifted up. And we have multiple ways of drawing attention to ourselves while feigning humility, right? You know, I'd just like to share with you what God did through me in helping this person over here, right? We know how to couch it. We know how to smear a little bit of humility on the top of the yuck sandwich, right, so that it appears a little better. But what we need to remember is God sees past the facade and He sees into our heart. You know, what about social media? Do I do what I do in service to God so that I'll get a lot of likes? Or do I do it because I'm serving God and I want to serve Him and Him alone? And whether I get recognition from people or not is immaterial. What matters is how did I serve God in this? Do I get angry when I've done something and I get no recognition? That's really tempting, isn't it? I've been over backwards to help this person, and they can't so much as come up to me and say thank you. We can develop a feeling of animosity, and I think it's important for us to recognize that if I'm doing it for the recognition, I'm doing it for the wrong reason. Any of us can, and probably all of us have, done things for others to see so that we can get credit, get recognition. And so what Jesus is doing is calling us to take inventory. He's saying, beware of this temptation. Understand that this is something that is possible for any one of us. We, as followers of God, need to do what we do for the glory of God. 
And that brings us to the next part of this passage. When I do things so that others will see, I'm disqualifying myself from a heavenly reward. Look at the last part of this first verse. It says this. After it says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, it says, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is from heaven or who is in heaven. Now, what is the Scripture teaching us in this passage? You know, if I want to do good works and good deeds so that other people will look at it, I'm free to do that. But enjoy the accolades and the praise that you get from people because that's all you get out of it. If I'm not doing it to please God, to praise God, to lift up God's name, then I have disqualified myself from God recognizing what I've done and affirming when I stand before Him, well done, good and faithful servant. That's the warning that we find in this passage of Scripture. So when I do the right thing, I need to ask myself, why did I do it? What was my motivation in it? Did I do it for recognition? And a good way to test that is if you receive no recognition, how does that make you feel when you've done something? You can rejoice and say, hey, God got the glory. Great. Or you can look at it and play the poor me game. Why does nobody appreciate me? Right? Isn't that easy to get sucked into? Jesus is warning us about this because, listen, we can be robbed of our reward if my motivation is doing it for me. Now, Jesus uses the word reward. What is He talking about? God's Word teaches us that God gives rewards to those who faithfully serve Him. It is God's recognition, and listen, we don't do it so that when I'm in heaven and I'm around all of my friends... I want them to look and hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. No, that's not it. It's a way for us to recognize, was I successful? Did I accomplish the race that was marked out for me by God? And I want to hear God's assessment on it. And here's the idea. When we get our reward, which is described in Scripture sometimes as crowns, it's God saying, yes. You did what you were supposed to be doing. I'm affirming your service. And all of those things that you did in secret, all of those things that nobody noticed, I noticed. And I'm rewarding you for that. Look at some of the passages that talk about reward. In Romans chapter 14, verse 10, it says this, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Now, this is a different wrinkle in the judgment seat. Let's talk about the judgment seat first. The judgment seat that is mentioned here, in the original Greek, it's the Bema seat. And the Bema seat basically was a place during the Olympics where an athlete was judged by the judges as to whether or not he participated in the race or whatever event he was in according to the rules. And if he competed according to the rules, he received a crown. Now, the crown is a word that is the word we get our name Stephen from, and it was a crown of recognition, a crown that rewarded the athlete for competing according to the rules. So, what God is saying to us is this, first of all, don't judge the other people around me. 
Oh, they're such a hot dog. They just did that for the recognition. No. That's not what we're to do. What we're to do is to judge me. Look at myself. Because there will come a day when I stand before the one who sees into my heart and sees every word, every action, every thought that I've thought, and he will discern whether or not I've done it glorifying him or glorifying myself. That's the idea. And that thought should compel us to constantly evaluate, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is my purpose in this? What's my takeaway? God wants us to do it for Him, and what we're doing is we're taking the long view. We're trusting God that at some point, even though nobody else sees what I do when I do the right thing, God sees, and He'll recognize it. So we trust God. Another passage of Scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, and it says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's the same word, bema seat, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. That word evil can also be translated worthless. So here's the idea. As I serve God as a Christian, God is looking at the things that I do in service to Him, and He's evaluating whether or not what I have done has been built upon His glory and His purpose, or whether it's all about me. And God will reward me when I've done the things that are built upon Him and not upon me. This is really laid out for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is describing for us the assessment that we'll all have as we appear before Christ at the judgment seat. And listen to what it says. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, here's the standard. Is what I'm doing built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, or is it built upon the foundation of Rob Wheeler? Right? Am I doing this to bring honor to Christ and to build His kingdom, or am I doing it to bring honor to myself and to build my image in the eyes of other people? And so the passage goes on and says this, now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Now, often when we look in Scripture and we hear the word fire, we think in terms of hell. That is not what it's talking about. It's talking about an evaluation process that will be done by the Lord Jesus Christ. The fire is simply that ability to boil things down, test things, put them to uh, their test and see the quality of them. That's what the passage of Scripture is talking about on that day when we appear before Christ. Then look at verse 14. If the, one, if the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as one through the fire. Now, here's the idea. The Word of God is telling us that we are being evaluated by Christ. And what the text tells us is there is 
gold, silver, precious stone. Those are the works that are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. But then there's wood, hay, and straw. What happens when you put wood, hay, and stubble or straw to the fire? Poof. Nothing left but ashes. So let's boil it down. What's the passage talking about? As I serve God, if what I do is not built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, and it's built upon my own foundation, then I have a pile of ashes that are left for my life. I'm saved. I go into the presence of God, verse 15. But how many of us want to spend our life and at the end of it be told by God, you were highly qualified at doing absolutely nothing? You accomplished nothing. None of us would want to hear that from our God. We want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. God wants us to be careful to make sure that when we serve, we serve Him. Not us, not for people to see, but to glorify Him. And our Father in heaven evaluates what we do. We can stack up a lot of things and write works and write deeds. And and we can look at that and we can say, wow, look at what I've accomplished. And then when we appear before God have a pile of ashes as a result of our work where God said, I saw your heart, I saw your motivation, and it was never what it should have been. God wants us to avoid that kind of thought. And by the way, let me also share this. Two things. One, God is not talking about your eternal reward. This is not what gets you to heaven. It gets you to hearing well done by our God, but Jesus is not talking about a reward in the sense of eternity in heaven. He's talking about reward as far as God's recognition of what you've done. And then number two, don't freak out if somebody comes up to you and says, thank you for your ministry in an area, okay? What drives this is, what was my purpose in doing it? Did I go into it looking for personal recognition? If somebody comes up and says, you know, I appreciate the Sunday school lesson you taught, or I appreciated you being so kind as to bring a meal by. Don't freak out and say, hey, don't say anything to me. I don't want to lose my reward. That's not what the passage is talking about. What it's talking about is when I do something and I'm looking around saying, okay, did you catch that? Yeah, I thought it was pretty spectacular too. (laughs) That's what it's talking about. God wants us to avoid that. We go on in the text. And as we come to the second verse, we find that we are not to make righteous deeds all about me. And what Jesus begins to do is show an example of how the Pharisees were doing what they did for recognition by everyone around them. And one of the areas that he focuses on is delivering help to the needy. And what he's saying in this text is, when I help the needy, I shouldn't do it in a way that draws attention to me. In Jesus' time, there were three works or acts that demonstrated a person's piety. 
And one of them was the giving of alms. Now, he's also going to cover prayer, and he's going to cover fasting. And what we're going to see in each one of these acts of piety that the people of Jesus' day would have looked up to, we aren't to do these in a way that everybody sees that we're doing them. We're doing them privately, secretly, under the radar, if you will, because we're doing them to praise God and to do His work. So let's talk about the first one. The first one is the giving of alms. Look at verse 2. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Now, what is Jesus talking about when He says, sounding the trumpet? A couple of possible interpretations. Number one, outside the temple grounds, there was a large metallic funnel, and it would taper down to a box where collections were made. So, a humble person might go by the box and slip some money in. The Pharisees would take as many coins as they could, whip it into the box, and what's going to happen when metal hits metal? Ring! They call that sounding the trumpet. Perhaps Jesus is referring to that practice, but what throws us off on that is that they do it in the streets and in the synagogues. This was right outside the temple. So another possible interpretation is Jesus is speaking in terms of them actually sounding trumpets, and He's giving us a picture, an illustration of how we're not to give. If, as I do something good and generous for someone else, and it's like, da-da-da-da, you know, everybody look at me, I've been robbed of my reward because I'm doing it for me and not for God. That's the idea. And so the Word of God is warning us in this text not to be like that. Don't announce every good thing that I do. Don't do it in a dramatic fashion so that everybody will look at me and say, wow, what a godly person. When I do acts of service, they should be quiet, inconspicuous. That's the way I should serve God. Now, notice how Jesus describes the Pharisees. It says, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Now, I began the sermon by talking about hypocrites because this passage certainly calls hypocrites to task. So let's talk about what a hypocrite is. The word comes from Greek theater, and the hypocrite was an actor. And maybe you've seen some of those pictures of the masks that were used by the actors. They were on a stick, and there'd be a frowning face or a happy face, exaggerated expressions, and the actor would hold that up so that people would know the emotion that they were trying to convey. That was the hypocrite. The word came to mean that we are presenting ourselves as something that we are not. And it was expanded to that meaning, and so hypocrite carries with it the idea of, hey, I want everybody to think this, but in reality, it's this. God was warning us to not be hypocrites ourselves. Don't follow the model or the example of a hypocrite, because when we do that, we are investing in something that is fake and not real. 
God wants us to be authentic as we serve Him. Not saying to everybody, I am so humble. Look at what I just did. Isn't God great? That's not what we're to do. We're not to draw attention to the things that we do in serving God at all, period. Do it subtly, quietly. Do it in a way that doesn't draw attention to yourself, but that points people to God. To me, we've really been successful when we can pull something off quietly, secretly. It's blessed somebody, and God gets all the glory. That's the way God wants us to be. That's what He wants us to do. You know, God is able to see into our hearts and to evaluate our motives. The Word of God tells us this in the book of Hebrews. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of the soul and of the spirit, of the joints and the marrow. Now, look at the last part discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The text goes on to say, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, there's that idea of our accountability to God appearing before the judgment seat of Christ, but here what it's saying is, I might be able to fool the people around me, but I can't fool God. God sees into my heart. And I need to make sure that as I serve Him, I serve Him with the proper motives. So, what Jesus is saying is, if your goal is human recognition, enjoy it while it lasts, because that's the only reward you're going to get. Look at what the Scripture goes on to say. After it talks about these hypocrites in the synagogues and in the streets, it says that they may be praised by others. Listen to what He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. Now, do you catch that? If my motivation in serving God and doing righteousness is personal recognition, enjoy it because that's all you get. And you know what I find about people? Man, do they have short memories. You do something spectacular and get a lot of praise for it and it's forgotten so fast, especially if you do something that's a little sketchy after that. They go right to sketchy, right? And forget all about good and righteous. God is telling us in this text that we need to take the long view. I need to do what I do for God and for His sake, not so that people will look at me and praise me and lift me up, but out of a reverence and respect for my God. Last part of the passage. Discretion should be exercised in how we help others. Look at verse 3. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, I'm giving alms. There's a disabled person on the street, and I am compelled to go to him and give to him. I'm not to pull out my wallet open it up, wave the money around for everybody to see, and say, here, right? What's that doing? Drawing attention to me. It's subtle. You go up with the money in your hand, and you shake his hand and say, here, 
I hope this helps. And it's between you and him. Sometimes it's not even between you and him. You send it through a proxy and say, I want this to be given to them anonymously. You know, one of my great blessings as a pastor is getting to be a proxy sometimes for people who want to bless somebody else. And they'll say, Pastor, I don't want them to know who's doing it. I'm putting this in a sealed envelope. I don't know how much they're giving. Don't want to know. But they see to it that somebody gets it, and that person never knows who ministered to them, who cared for them. But they do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, really, when we look at our lives, we can tell a lot by what we do when no one's looking. Am I doing what I do so that people will look and see it, or am I doing it for God? And if I'm doing it for God, then I don't have to have people know or see what I've done. And I know I've picked on social media a little bit, but, you know, I, I, I see that as such a temptation this morning for, for us in the church to take the good things that we do and post it. Some even show images of the people that they're helping, crying, and, and, and the person who helped them, you know, kind of looking real pleased with themselves, you know. And if you're doing it for the likes and you're doing it to broadcast it, all I'm saying is be careful. Evaluate that. It's like our century's version, sometimes I'm afraid, of what the Pharisees were doing, only we have a larger audience we need to be careful about that. So when Christ is saying, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, he's saying that we're to do that, verse 4, so that our giving may be in secret. Now, the word secret in the original language means to be hidden or concealed. And so the idea is, I'm to do this in such a way that it doesn't draw attention to me. And what's the outcome? Look at the last sentence of that fourth verse, your father who sees in secret will reward you. My purpose in doing the right thing is for God to recognize it as the right thing and to rejoice in that. You know, in the early 1900s, there was a couple who had faithfully served overseas. And they had served in impoverished communities. In those days, missionaries didn't get retirement or any of the perks that many people would get today. And so, because of age and some medical conditions, they had to hop a ship, come home, and retire. So, the ship is pulling into the dock, and there was some sort of dignitary on the ship, and the band was playing, streamers going up into the air, people were cheering, and when that prominent family disembarked from the boat, everybody looked and said, wow. And then somebody else came, and there were other people to meet them, and they were cheering and celebrating, and this couple gets off of the boat, no one there to meet them, had to find transportation on their own. And the husband said to the wife, wow, 
Did all that work really matter? We didn't have anyone receive us when we came home. And the wife said, yeah, but we're not home yet. (laughs) That's the long view that we need to take. Whether we get recognition and accolades and praise in this life is immaterial. If that's what you do it for, enjoy it while you can, because that's all you get out of it. But remember, the things that we do for God, that's what matters. That's what counts. That's what is eternal. Remember that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this text. We thank you for the reminder that it is to us that we can be guilty of pride and even deceit when it comes to serving. Let us not follow the path of the hypocrite, but let us follow the path of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let us give glory to you, and let us do it from a pure heart. And Father, while it is good for us to encourage one another with the ministry that people share with us. We're instructed to do that in Scripture. Lord, may that not be our motivation. May we be people who seek to serve out of a love for you, a love for others, and a desire to be obedient as disciples of Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.